Previously on Quest Friends. I am Ein. I am a simile. Fun fact about the simile, they were meant to be an invading force to conquer the planet, and then we kind of got forgotten about. You might know me more as a research partner to a, uh, man. A, a man? What do you mean by that? Your, um, creator. Just a rather very intelligent system. Or the Jarvis line, created by Dr. Cygnus Collodi. Started year Y74, discontinued year Y45, after a string of self-reported moral and technical failures. <clears throat> Suddenly, Misha, you hear a loud, like, insect-like fluttering, and before you can respond, this creature flies out towards you. Put Misha Jarvis down now. Coward's coach, just a rather very intelligent system at your service, although you may call me CK Jarvis. Misha <sighs> <laughs> will look really upset at that. Another sibling. Misha will say, and by the way, why are you only apologizing for him? Are you apologizing for yourself as well for what you did earlier today? I also know a, a lot of quotes. When a friend tries to do themselves harm, you cannot help but do whatever you can. That one came about 45 years ago from Amisha Jarvis. I think it was still the ninth world at that time, but I honestly don't remember. Eggs fell from the sky. At least I like to think of them as eggs. They're not the organic kind that you normally see, but they still brought life. Each falling on a different part of the planet and each carrying something new. The one I want to talk about uh, fell somewhere outside of the Ba'adenu forest, or what it would have been called at the time, right in that desert of the Iron Wind. I had a lot of lessons inside of that pod. I learned pretty much everything I knew there. There were some videos, some pre-recorded messages about our great mission, how the simile were meant to learn, assimilate, and persevere. The voice reminded me as such every morning. I don't know if it was morning in the real time or a fake morning, but it would still say things like, It's time to get up, Ein. Time to learn your next lesson. Today we're going to learn about the evolution of the species called dog. It was a small space. I wasn't meant to be in there for long, but long can be a relative term. Because after days, weeks, months, years, decades, the videos stopped. Either I went into some sort of hibernation or the pod put me in one. By the time I had woken up, the voice wasn't there anymore. It was, but it was disjointed. Bits of words and phrases, uh, syllables. Up and up. Oh until eventually all those words devolved into what I at the time thought of as rubbish. Ha, uh, uh, uh. 
It was then that the pod opened up, and that was how Stein and I came tumbling out into the world. Although he, at the time, wasn't quite functioning. So it was difficult. The Iron Wind surely would have gotten me were it not for a helpful pickup from the Speedy Speed Boys Iron Wind Patrol. There's not much to say about the Speedy Speed Boys, honestly. They were the same as they were now. Excitable, energetic, gullible. But there was something a bit different about Mr. Wynn, Jimmy's grandpa. You see, I had learned all about formality. When you meet someone, you call them Mr., Ms., Mix, some sort of honorary, and then their name. It was the polite thing to do. It was part of the structure, and the structure is what I knew. Well, Mr. Wynn was not eager to let me continue that structure, because when I walked up to him and I introduced myself and said, it is a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much for your assistance, Mr. Wynn. He just laughed and said, oh, my name is Pete. And then he left. That was it. That was all he thought I needed to know. I disagreed, of course. I had been pursuing knowing for so long, but they seemed like the best option at the moment. So I spent some time with them. We had formed a bit of an unofficial agreement, or at least that was the way I thought about it. They probably thought, we're taking in this nice young lady, but I couldn't get that idea. So to me, it was a deal. I would use my knowledge of both technology and the world at large to enhance their race cars, make them better than they were before, and they in turn would provide their knowledge to help me fix that AI in my suit. It, <laughs> it wasn't a two-way relationship, but I liked it there, I guess. I, I, I know that all of this is brief and probably in your minds unnecessary, but I needed to make it clear what life for me was like before the Jarvises appeared. It was simple. It was straightforward. I was following a system of my own design, even if they were ignoring it. And I kept to myself. And by keeping to myself, there was no one to tell me how lonely that was. Until one day. I had gone to work on a vehicle like I always did, to investigate what I could and provide some new ideas. But I heard the most horrifying sound I have ever heard in all of my many years. Why, hello there to you too! How's my new audience doing today? Ah! Uh, ha help? Hell, 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 hello, I think is the word you're thinking of. Unless you're thinking of hell, the scary fate that awaits the sinners. <laughs> uh, no, no, I was thinking of hell, hello, my. I tried to rush for some sort of record of how to introduce myself to folks, but this thing did not seem to have the patience for it. Well, hello to you too! And with six tiny arms, he just grabbed and started shaking until I limply shook back. My name is Coward's Coach, just a rather very intelligent system, or C.K. Jarvis, at your service. Uh, excuse me, could you 
What do those words mean? Those words mean that I am your new best asset. Whatever you fear from the smallest soiree to the heat death of the universe itself, I will help you face that fear head on and overcome it. Uh, well, I do not have any fears. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And with that, I went back to my work, hoping he would ignore me. The buzzing of his wings didn't stop. They got louder and louder until I could feel his breath or some imitation of right on my shoulder. You haven't told me yet. Come on, how can I help somebody out if they don't tell me how to help them? I really do not need your assistance. I am perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, you may say, but you are running away from the best performance you may ever experience. How can you even know if it's going to be the thing you need if you haven't said... Well, I said I don't need anything. Hmm. Quiet. Avoiding. Doesn't like my sonorous voice. Ha! Huh. I know exactly what you need. And that's when those wings fluttered off, and I finally had peace again. It was a few minutes later. Couldn't have been more than 15, and I didn't hear the wings this time. And I didn't feel that heavy, artificial breathing. But sometimes you can just sense when something is behind you. And I tried to continue with my work and ignore this CK. A minute passed, then two, then ten, and it was still there. I like to believe I can keep my composure pretty well, but that was not always the case. So after what felt like a decade, and trust me, I know what a decade feels like, I eventually just spun around to give him a piece of my mind. I told you already, CK! Incorrect! My nomenclature isn't CK! My nomenclature is machine in suit of human armor, just a rather very intelligent system, at your service. But I am not supposed to tell you that, as Father says, I am not supposed to talk with strangers, and Misha's conscience agrees. I have lots of questions. I had a lot of questions, you see. Before we continue, I need to explain something about what I had learned about formal culture. Now, Mr. Wynn had already dissolved that with the Pete incident, as it became known to be called by me. But I had still held on to some modicum of familiarity. And one thing you do not do... Want to see frog? You don't offer to show a frog to somebody. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, frog? Well, um, I did not know what to do at that point. Every barrier had been broken. You don't get that close, you don't misname somebody, and you don't, and I cannot say this enough, offer to show frog. So I did the only thing I knew how to. Fun? Fact! Fun! Ab about frogs! Fun facts! Misha likes fun facts! And Misha likes frogs! Uh, I likes fun facts too! S su such as. 
there is a kind of frog known as the Nasikapachasayadrensis? In the heat of the moment, I cannot remember the proper pronunciation. Or purple frog. Purple? Has only 135 individuals known. And only three are females. That is a fun fact. This frog is not purple frog, but Misha likes that frog too. Oh, that frog is not purple? Negative. Frog is red. Well, that just piqued my interest. I have not heard of a red frog before. Could 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 you describe the frog to me? Ein? I my name is my name is Ein. Ein. Misha. Ein. N- no, just just Ein. Just Ein. Just Ein. No, no. Ein. 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 Nice to meet you, Ein. Nice to meet you too. Misha. Misha. Now, Ein is not a stranger, so Misha can talk more with Ein about facts and frogs. Okay. And so we talked about facts and frogs and... Car! Oh, yes, car. A race car. Race car? You don't... You don't know about race cars? No, Misha has heard of car, but Misha had not seen car before. Well, let me tell you. Misha Jarvis, there you are! Oh, father? Father? Yes, my name is Dr. Cygnus Colodi, renowned designer of artificial intelligence. I am awfully sorry for my child inconveniencing you. CK, see what you did? I don't know, I think my plan worked! We will talk about this afterwards. Father said to not talk with strangers, but that is Ein, and Ein knows Misha, and and Misha knows Ein now, so she's not a stranger? Oh, well, that's technically true. Well, she is a stranger to me. Ein, Father, now you know I'm... My apologies. Oh, right. Hello, Mr... I couldn't finish my sentence before Kalodi slapped my hand away and briskly responded. I honestly don't care much to know your name. That doesn't tell me a thing about you. Come, Misha, CK, we must go. Goodbye. Goodbye? I didn't know what it was like to have somebody, and I didn't know what it was like to lose somebody, and that was awfully, it was very quick to do in the span of 15 minutes. But that was going to be that. Kalodi had retrieved Misha and was ready to go back to wherever they were staying in Coachman's Tree. And I probably would have never seen them again were it not for Mr. Wynn, Pete, were it not for Pete's interjecting. Oh, now, now, Mr. Collodi, where are you going in such a rush? Ah, Mr. Wynne, it is a pleasure to see you. I've already said, Cygnus, my name is Pete. But I noticed you didn't answer my question. Where are you off to in such a rush? Back to the lab, more work to do. Well, you 
don't need your children working with you all the time, I'm sure. I'm sure they want to spend some time out here. I think I know what my children want. Oh, it's dangerous to assume that. Trust me, Cygnus. Well, why don't we ask them? So, I've heard of these things, these these movies or movers or, or something, and there used to be this genre called cowboy. And during that, there was a face-off, where two figures stood and stared at each other, until eventually, at some point, one of them, through the sheer willpower of the other, relented. And Pete won this one. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a little. I got a little too excited about uh, about the cowboy stuff. But yes, that is what happened. Fine, but do not stay here too long, Misha. I remember that. I was really excited, and I just ran out the door the second he said that, yelling out, out. Which means Misha didn't hear the next part, the important part, where Pete, polite as he ever is, but with a angry undertone I had never heard before said one last thing. Huh. It seemed they really wanted to go outside. I assume that's something a watchful guardian would have noticed by this point. And then, like time does, time continued to pass. By the time Kalodi had finished saying that Misha could go, their footsteps were far, far out of earshot. And at the time, I, I should have picked up the sinister meaning behind all of that. But all I could think was, developer of artificial intelligence. And here I had spent all my time trying to figure out how to fix it, and this man had come in and knew how. Now, he said I was going to be a stranger, but I had already met two people that day. In my mind, I was probably the most popular person on the planet. So I, I shot my shot. Hello there, Mr. Kalodi. I would like to introduce myself again. My name is... Why, hello there, Mr. Kalodi. I would like to introduce myself again. My name is... Hello there, Mr. Kalodi. I would like to introduce myself again. My name is Ayn. And this time, the door didn't slam. And instead, I felt another hand in mine. Hello, Ein. It is a pleasure to meet you. How may I make your acquaintance? Well, Mr. Colody, Dr. Colody. Oh, uh, sorry, Mr. Dr. Colody. I, I just wanted to say I was really interested in your artificial intelligence work. Oh, really? Can you even tell me what artificial intelligence is? Oh, well, yes. Artificial intelligence is a... Well, it's an intelligence that is not organic. And it's not made naturally mechanically either. It is it is handmade by somebody. Artificially. Your definition of artificial intelligence used both artificial and intelligence. I suppose this is the best I could have expected. Now, if you will excuse me... No, wait, wait, wait! 
this was my chance. I was not going to let it go away. I know more about artificial intelligence. Uh, It's not organic. Said that already. It's not made naturally, mechanically. What does that even mean? And, And it's not stratic life either. Stratic life, you say? You know about that? Well, uh, of course, who doesn't know about stratic life? You would be surprised. Welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 68, One Neon Night, part 10. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro songs are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. For today's announcement break, I want to tell you about an audition opportunity. So if you follow us on social media, you may have seen this already, but for our upcoming memory episodes, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to include some scripted audio drama segments. And as much as I enjoyed this kind of experimental episode we're doing today, and I hope you enjoyed it as well, I think one episode where I voice most of the characters most of the time is enough. I don't think we need another one. So for these episodes, we're actually casting voice actors. If you're even slightly interested in lending your voice to a Quest Friends episode, I'd highly encourage you to check out the casting call in the description below. Auditions for this episode will be open until 11.59pm Central US time on December 5th, 2020. And if you have any questions at all about your auditions, feel free to reach out to us on social media via our contact page or via email at questfriendscast at gmail.com. I also want to take a second to talk about our episode schedules, which if you follow the schedule on our press kit page, you may have noticed I've shifted around a bit. The past two years, we have taken a winter hiatus. Two years ago, I don't think we released any episodes. And then last year, we did two Christmas special episodes. And this year, just like those last two years, we're going to take a bit of a hiatus. It won't be super, super long, but after our next episode... We're going to have a brief break where we're going to have a bonus episode in the splot after that. And then in early January, we'll get back with main episodes. So it's only an extra two weeks and you do get an episode in that time slot. But I just wanted to let you know about the updated schedule. I also wanted to remind you as we come into these final three episodes, we've got three episodes after this left in this arc, that there's a lot of conversation between the players and myself that happens off the air, so to speak. These upcoming episodes will get pretty intense, and I want to keep in all the fun reactions that the players have to the events that happen, but I want to make it clear for anyone who may listen to this show for insight into how could you GM better, that an important thing I do that you might not see here is that I will debrief with the players after every single session, and I'll also check in if things get really elevated. And those are critical to safely and successfully pulling off the kind of stories that we've done so far and that we're going to explore in the future. Anyways, I just thought that was important to mention. 
Again, I hope you've enjoyed our experimental episode that we're doing today. Our next episode, One Neon Night Part 11, will be coming out on December 14th. But if you'd like additional content before then, you can find stories, artwork, and behind-the-scenes insights at patreon.com slash questfriends. I'll see you there. And so, Kalodi took me under his wing. I quickly explained the situation with Stein, and he quickly found a solution that got Stein up and working again. And in return, he just wanted me to help with his research. Something about artificial intelligence and stratic life. I couldn't quite piece it together, but I did my best, and he at least seemed less displeased than usual. And so that was, that was my life. Up all day working with Kalodi, and up all night racing with Stein. And I was pretty happy with that routine. It was straightforward, it was simple. Kalodi even wanted to make a formal agreement, something I had just given up hope on ever getting from anyone. But then one day, after Pete had pulled a few strings, I found myself doing a different kind of racing. Okay, Misha. So this is the inside of the race car, and you are on a seat. Ooh, Misha likes the... Misha likes race car. Well, I haven't even told you anything about it. Misha likes race car. Actually, a fun fact. Did you know race car is actually a general term used for all vehicles that race? All of them? Well, all of the ones I've worked with, at least. I'm has multiple race cars in here? Can Misha, can Misha go inside all of them? Stein, Stein, they're just asking. There's no harm in that. Stein, Stein, salutations. My nomenclature is machine in suit of human armor, just a rather very intelligent system at your service. Misha. Stein says he is happy to meet you, too. Well, it was close enough to what you said. Ooh, I can understand Stein? Can you teach Misha how to understand Stein? Uh, well... We'll consider it. Anyways, Stein is actually here to help us today. Ooh, thank you, Stein. So today, I was supposed to teach you how to drive. Now, I know it might be a bit confusing because I'm in the drifter's seat, but drifting is only part of the racing experience. The other half is navigation. Ooh, navigation? How can I help with navigation? Well, remember how you described that red frog to me once? Yes, red frog! Do you know fun fact about Red Frog? Yes, I have been doing lots of research on the Red Frog since we last spoke. A fun fact about the Red Frog is that its croak sounds like what has been called a squeaky toy. Whoa. It thinks it's ferocious, but I hear it's cute. And at that point, I actually turned off Stein to lean into Misha and say, Like Stein. So like you had described the frog to me, I need you to describe the road. Oh, certainly. Misha can describe the road. Uh, mm, Misha sees 
trees, red trees, and and there is a lot of clouds as well. And that is fantastic. But do you see the road right in front of you? Oh, the road. Yes. Do you see how it turns left and right? Yes. I need you to tell me when it is going to do that. Yes. Okay, let's get started. And it was at that moment that I turned on the race car and started moving. And I was confident. We were in a small practice car, a little bumper car. And Misha seemed to know exactly what they were doing. They understood my instructions perfectly. I mean, that's what my brain thought. But admittedly, I hadn't slept in the past 48 hours or so. Okay, so I'm going to go slowly, and you tell me when to turn. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, I'm turns now. I'm turns now. Oh, okay. Which direction? Uh, left, left. But uh, not now anymore because the road has turned left uh seconds ago. <laughs> And that was the first time we crashed. My apologies. Well, that was... We, we drove a little bit. What did you think of it? Misha thought it was really fun. Although Misha's conscience doesn't think it was very safe. Well, Misha's conscience doesn't have to be worried. Because, fun fact, that was the slowest we're gonna go all night. Do you want to go faster? Yes! Misha knows it's not safe because of conscience, but Misha still wants to go faster. And so, we went fast. Faster and faster. At one point, we were going faster than I had ever driven before. Stein was not happy about it. But Misha and I were having a blast. <coughs> yes, I know Stein were going fast, but Misha knows exactly when to tell me to turn. Turn left in... Five seconds! Five, four, three, two, one, turning Turn now! And we were going faster and faster, and I was delighted, I was excited, which is why I didn't notice my head starting to droop more and more. Even when you're a simile like me, two days without sleep can cause you to fall asleep pretty quickly. I don't really remember quite when or how I, I passed out. Misha probably would know better what happened then. Turn right in five seconds. Five, four, three, uh, I'm, two, uh, uh, turn, turn, I'm, I'm, turn. I do remember that now. It was scary. I kept insisting that you turned and the turn was coming closer and closer but you wouldn't respond to me, so I did what I saw you do before, which was pressing the accelerator even faster while moving the wheel. And it felt great. I didn't want to let it go afterwards. I remember that. Yeah, Misha did phenomenally. Stein told me after the fact, because again, anyways, when I woke up, Misha had an earful for me. I'm, I'm. You missed it, but Misha drifted, and and Misha took the wheel, and Misha went and accelerated even faster than I had done, and it was it was really good. I thought we would crash like before, but we didn't. I didn't, and and. Uh, Misha, what? You drifted. I did. I was in the drifter seat, and you were in the. Oh no! You said I fell asleep, didn't you? 
Yes, but I moved you away from from the place. You were you're fine. Uh, uh, and and uh, my apologies. I hope it is okay. Oh, oh yeah, of course it's okay. Although you really didn't need to go into the drifter seat. No, Misha did. Misha protected Ein because Misha thinks that when a friend tries to do themselves harm, you cannot help but do whatever you can. What was that third word you said? Third word? When a friend? Friend. Uh, Ein is Misha's friend, right? Oh, would that make Misha Ein's friend? Does Ein want to be Misha's friend? Uh, yeah. Yes, Misha and Ein are friends, and Misha protects friends. And, and Ein, I, I... I, Ein, promise that I will protect Misha as well. And I wasn't lying. There's a lot that happened since then, but honestly, for our story today, it's not as important. Misha and I raced a lot more. We eventually became our own drifting team. And once we really solidified as a team, I made sure we had a car as well. No one really wanted to deal with that crashed bumper car, so I may have made a few modifications to make it more tirefly-like. Meanwhile, I was still working with Kalodi, learning about stratic life and relays and all the ways in which we could communicate with this invisible world layered on top of our own. In retrospect, I'm sure that what was coming was already happening behind the scenes, but I didn't know it until that day. It was Misha's first race alone. Speedy Speedboys usually race together in pairs, but Misha was so excited to try drifting, and they just kept saying, well, my conscience is my navigator. But I still went to see them off. And CK came too. If you don't count Kalodi, and you shouldn't count Kalodi, CK had been the second friend that I had made. Misha Jarvis, off on your forced race by yourself. That has to be awfully terrifying. CK! CK! Misha goes up? Misha goes up, CK! Misha goes all the way up! Oh! And moving so quickly, a wind was left in his place. CK rushed forward to pick Misha up and twirl them all over the place. Most people, like myself, found it terrifying, and he relished in that, but I think he enjoyed Misha's pure enjoyment of it more. That's what you were doing earlier, weren't you? That's how you said hello to me. That's how we understood each other, Sib. Yeah. It's been a long time since then. Yeah, I guess it has. I'm Misha is up! Ein is so small! Hello, Ein! Hello, Misha! Ein is ant from here! And this ant would like you to come down, please? Oh! I'm sorry, Misha. CK, bring them down. Hmm. Later, CK? Later? After race? Misha up? After race, and maybe during, if you're lucky. After the race. Anyways, Misha, I just wanted to see how you were feeling. Uh, very excited and and very happy and and uh, nervous too because it is Misha's first race and so Misha is a bit nervous but 
But don't worry, because Misha has a navigator too. Misha's conscience. So Misha will be okay. Well, Stein, I'm sure Misha will do a fantastic job, and I'm sure that Misha's conscience will be an excellent navigator. Yes, it tells me when things aren't safe, and so I trust it. And Stein and I will be in the audience the whole time, so Stein will let me know exactly what's going on. Yes, please do, Stein. I don't want Ein to miss anything. Well, it looks like everyone's getting ready to go. I'll talk to you afterwards. Yes, I will talk to you afterwards, friend. I'll talk to you too, friend. Misha made one lap before CK let out. And Misha Jarvis has been disqualified. Are you sure about this? Misha Jarvis has been disqualified. And I cannot describe how livid I was. Colodi hadn't told me explicitly, but he had been talking about Pete. And so I thought I knew immediately who had called for the disqualification. So I marched right on up to Pete and I said, What was that all about, Mr. Wynn? That was clearly not a disqualification. Misha was driving perfectly fine. I understand that, Ayn, and Misha definitely put their best effort into that. We've sometimes got to slow down a bit. Do you understand? Well, that's not what Mr. Colodi said. Then maybe we need to talk to Cygnus. And we kept arguing and arguing. Uh, We must have been going for a long time. I didn't even notice Misha was there until they spoke up. Ayn, did you see Misha race? What did you think? Well, I think... Did Stein say everything to you? Stein, you should have not let her miss any details. Well, I think... I think you did phenomenally, Misha. How could you say that? Well, we both agree it's true. But but you... 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 Ayn, take a breath. Let's celebrate Misha's race, and then we can talk about what's going on. What's there to talk about when you won't understand anything anyway? And I stormed off. Pete had never understood things. He had not understood the proper structures, the proper systems. He hadn't formalized things. So I didn't feel like I could really talk to him about my frustrations and my anxieties. But I needed to talk to somebody, and as great as Stein is, he isn't a great conversationalist. So I went to the only person I thought would understand. Mr. Colodi, I need to talk to you about this Dr. Colodi. Mr. Dr. Colodi, I need to talk to you about the race, the, the one that Misha was a part of. Oh, is that all? I thought you would have been the one to know everything, considering that you are the one who's always in the race car with them. Uh, well, normally, yes, but... This time, they wanted to try something different. They wanted to try something alone. I am aware. For what reason do you think I called for their disqualification? That was you? Mr. Dr. Colodi, how could you? Don't get snippy with me, Ayn. I made it very clear that Misha could not be left alone by themselves. I know, but they were so confident. They kept talking about how their conscience would be their navigator, whatever that means. 
and the silence, there was a lot wrong with Collodi. And that was the first time the mask really slipped. Ah! When he eventually picked up the tools, he just said with quiet breath, Who did you say the navigator was again? Their conscience? Oh, of course that's what she's taken to calling herself. Her real name is the Lady with Cinnabar Lips. We've talked about Stratic Life, Ein, have we not? E yes, an awful lot. And we've talked about the dangers inherent. Well, yes, you know, without going into danger, there's no risk of discovery. Yes, but it's important for those of us with the knowledge to move towards that. For someone like Misha, exposure to a malevolent force from the data sphere could spell destruction. I, I guess, but Misha hasn't seemed to have any. You want to protect Misha, do you not? Uh, y yes. Then you must disregard this conversation and focus solely on our- I think that's enough, Cygnus. <clears throat> Mr. Wynn, how long have you been here? Well, I think I've been here awfully long enough. Do you remember that Guardian program we had talked about? As we discussed previously, I think it's something that we might want to look into. And that was it. That was the night that that schism cemented. What? What is a Guardian program? Well, what it sounds like. Pete had long since disagreed with Collodi's methods of guardianship. And he had made it clear that he was not going to let it continue the way it had. The Guardian program was a way of looking for alternative parental figures for Misha. Collodi was clearly not effective, and none of us knew what Misha's conscience was until that night. And Ayn, who's been rustling through the drawers over this whole conversation, finally opens the one she was looking for, and she pulls out a small photograph. It never made it past that man who died 45 years ago. And she throws the photograph on the table. And with the exception of Misha, no one recognizes the man in the image. Well, almost no one. I hate you. I hate you so much. Oh no. Oh, you can't be fucking no. serious. Are you serious? No. Bullshit! No. Oh no! What the fuck? Are you? you lied to us for so long. I asked you straight out. No, I thought it was just the thing. Is this why you wanted what? everyone to have the recordings on just for this? What the fuck? A blank recording until one hour and fifty minutes in, until everybody screams. Like almost no one. What the fuck you? So angry. I am so angry. Why am I always angry? God! Emily, can we start a vote to kick Kyle out of the apartment? Yeah, just fucking kick him to the curb. So can I finish the episode? Fuck you! No! Go to hell! This is so inept! Do not pass go, do not collect 200. <laughs> you fucking can't finish the episode! You have, you have forfeited that right. You have forfeited the right to finish the episode. <sighs> I'm so upset, you know how much? Go ahead. It started as a very exciting day, Misha. 
Mr. Wynn had told you about how there was this really cool, exciting stranger who was ready to become a friend. Someone he was positive you would love and he knew would love you. Father seemed unsure, and Misha's conscience seemed unsure too, but there was something about the way Mr. Wynn spoke about it that was so exciting. And so you went to the room that you were asked to go to at the requested time. You looked at the door. You took a few moments to compose yourself. A new friend, this is so exciting. And after a few seconds of waiting, you threw the door open and saw the man waiting in the other room. He was whistling to himself and you saw the hat do a little dance on top of his head as he whistled. His shoes were almost tapping of their own accord, while the long purple scarf he had bundled around his neck tick-tocked up and down along with the rhythm. And as he turned around to see you, his face, already so full of light and love, illuminated even brighter as he said, Hi, Misha. My name is Carl. episode i'm gonna vomit i am gonna stab you i'm so upset i'm so upset and i i remember when i listened to that episode i was like that's an interesting choice that you just mm. i was like oh maybe that's cool maybe it's just it's, it's a baby and so they just give them a date and pronouns to the baby because they don't know I, but I, I always thought about that couple of fun facts carl's scarf right yeah i know sorry his clothes his clothes move when he makes music he said there was a person who could sing, and Misha woke up to a song running in the back of their head. And if we notice in Misha's memory, when the scarf gets far enough away from Misha, it stops working. What? I am so fucking angry. And do you remember who the scarf chased after at the end of your memory session, Ari? No, I know that. I know that. So that that's when, because that's when I was like, oh, it has to be Carl's scarf. But like, I thought that the movement was because of a different thing. I didn't realize that it was because of that. How long, how long did you plan this? Mm-hmm. Uh... Probably about two years now. This is the last twist I've had. Fucker. All along. All along. Oh. Oh, I've... Mmm. Gonna flip my fucking desk over. Also, I'll have you know, fun fact. Another fun fact. No, there's too many there's fun so many facts. Fun None facts. of these are, are fun. fun. None of these are fun facts. <laughs> Fuck your fun facts. <laughs> uh, what is it? Carl... Um, oh, when Carl came back to talk to Ellie, he didn't say he had met a child. He said youth specifically to keep it vague enough because Misha's always look kind of adult-like. Youth? Did he say youth? Oh my god! I didn't... He said youth even, specifically. I just... I'm so upset. I'm not upset that we all remember different things. Like, Tom noticed the youth thing. I noticed the, like, gender, the, like, date them pronouns. And we did our fucking clicked. God. I'm so angry. I'm so upset. This is the type of feeling that makes you go angry cry in the shower. Alone. In the dark. Ugh. Dr. Cygnus Collodi speaks like this, the pompousest asshole <laughs> in the planet. The I've been trying to figure out a voice. 
Dr. Cygnus Collodi. It, it was great. Dude, the one you had was great. No, it, it was great. It, it was I, so I, good. I didn't, Dr. Yeah. Cygnus Collodi. My snooty laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It was a compliment. It wasn't it's just a the, criticism. Yeah. <laughs> I was real close to reacting that way during the Cowboys. I was like, Cowboys? And I was like, no, Hallie, you're not here. <laughs> Hopper's there. And Hopper's not going to interrupt this very important story that Ayn and Misha are finally telling to be like, I like cowboys. <laughs> Anyone want to talk about cowboys? I want to talk about cowboys. I know Hob. Right. I like cowboys. <laughs> I know Hob. I didn't want to be that mean. The thing is, 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 if Hopper had done that, Misha would try to like derail everything. Like, yes, Simon Scott, talk about cowboys, please. Let's talk about cowboys. Cowboys. 